Hey babe, it's Paige. I'm so grateful you're here. This podcast audience of awesome women is growing with every episode and I'm dying to connect with you personally. So if you'd like to chat, text the word pivot to my new number, 213-325-4600. There you can enter your contact info and you'll immediately find helpful links for some one-on-one support in either getting organized or making your next pivot with confidence. Again, you can text the word pivot, P-I-V-O-T, to 213-325-4600. And that number will also be linked in all the show notes. Then we can start a conversation about how I can support you these days. I can't wait to talk to you soon and join forces because we are better together. Enjoy today's episode. Paige Killian, founder and CEO of Everything With Style. I've built a business helping busy moms of littles get organized in three simple steps. Like many of my clients, I love being a mom and I also desire more. If you've ever felt that stirring in your heart, that whisper or really loud voice that keeps you up at night, then you are in the right place because this is not a solo mission. Whether you're a little curious or totally ready to be a mom, boss, and use your God-given gifts to serve others, step into your calling, turn your passions into purpose, and still make it to the carpool line on time, then girlfriend, it's time to pivot. I've got you, now let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. I am joined today by Beth Stanfield. I've recently been introduced to her by my dear friend, Samantha Joy, and my publisher at Landon Hale Press, because Beth has got a book that's going to be in the works very soon and happening. Stay tuned for more details about that. But Beth, thank you so much for being here today with me. You are so welcome. I'm so excited. We were doing a little chatting beforehand, and it turns out we both are teenager moms, and we both have fur babies who might decide that they want to weigh in on the conversation at some point. They will indeed. Yes. They want to make their presence known, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. That's totally fine. Well, before we begin, I jokingly said I did a little stalking yesterday and was making sure that I have some details about you. I want to read a little something because I think this is pretty incredible, and it'll really just set the tone for what we're going to talk about today and something that I really love, which is podcasting. You are also Mm. a podcaster. So we're going to talk about something that landed on me really, really strongly that I would like for you to talk about more. So on November 1st, 2023, Beth launched Lyona, a business building platform designed to counsel, support, and inspire a new generation of female entrepreneurs by providing the legal foundation. Yes, ladies, she is a lawyer. Legal foundation, the business mindset and branding support you need to not only become insanely successful, but blissfully free. Yes, I love, I wish you guys could see like the hand motions, blissfully free. The hands are going up in the air. Now here's the cool thing about blissfully free is that you started this podcast and Beth Stanfield BS. So it's the Beth Stanfield free podcast. I love the blissfully free component, but the best part is that then 
when you look at it, it says BS free. So <laughs> got to keep it clean on this podcast. I didn't mean to skip over that part before we start talking. Got to keep it clean because I like for the moms that are listening to be able to listen to it if the kids are in the backseat, you know, driving to and from carpool, which it just feels like I live half my life driving to and from carpool. But I yes. would say this is the place that we need to be BS free because life can get crazy. So tell mm. us a little bit about how you decided to start a podcast. And then I want to ask you about one particular episode that just, like I said, landed so strongly on me. Mm. How did you decide to start a podcast? You're a lawyer. You're now starting right. another incredible legal platform and business to support mm. other female entrepreneurs. How did you start all of that? Well, all I knew around September of this year all I knew is I was starting a law firm. That's all I knew. I knew that I was starting a law firm that was going to be focused upon female entrepreneurs. But until I actually left my prior firm, left that environment, was free from the mindset that you must have, that is just intrinsic to that environment, until I was out of it, I really couldn't hear my intuition. I was trying to allow her to live in that environment, but she just, she was talking, but it was so quiet because it was overcome by, you know, all the voices and the requirements in that environment. When I made the decision to just hold Turkey, leave that environment. All right. So I just really, truly penned a date, said, this is the date I'm leaving, gave my two weeks notice and stepped out. And all I knew at that point was that I was starting a law firm. Okay, so I get out, and once I got out of that law firm, the voice, the intuition, the person I've been trying to give the mic to, she then had the mic. And my normal mentality would be to just really just tiptoe into the future. Let's plan, plan, plan. Let's put launch of something maybe two years down the line. And she was like, no, we're going to do it all, and we're going to do it all right now. That's how it happened. And so podcast was something that was in my mind for the five-year plan, but it turned out that it was on the one-month plan. And not going to lie, it's hard because you start out with something you have no idea what you're doing or how to do it. But I just said, I'm just going to do it. And that's how that came about. I resonate so much with the quickness of all of that because I had the mom's organization motivation podcast for three years and it was doing really well. And I was finally hitting my stride and I was feeling confident about it. And then I would go to sleep at night or let me correct. I would try to go to sleep at night and I could not stop thinking. It just, it felt like God kept saying, mm -hmm. it's time to pivot. It's time to pivot. Yeah. It's time to start a new podcast. And I was like, really God, I am mm -hmm. just now getting to a place where things are feeling really good, where it's like running itself. And now I'm able to finally kind of relax as the kids are getting a little bit older. They're not quite as needy. Mm -hmm. You know that life now that you've got two right. teenage boys, yep. they start to feel a little bit more independent. You're not handholding constantly. And then it totally made sense to just throw a new puppy into that mix. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I totally understand that feeling of like, when you get that sense, it is time to act. It is time to take action. And I know that that can be something that's really scary. But at the same time, I started in my mind, I'm curious if you feel like this, I was almost more afraid of not pursuing those things that were feeling so heavy on my heart, because I thought, 
if other people are doing this, like, why can't I do this? I may not know. I get really scared of tech. I <laughs> I share that all the time. I get really scared of tech. That's why I have a great podcast team because I'm like, edit podcast episodes. Like I bow down to you that your podcast episodes are edited by you. It's very impressive. I didn't even know how to begin that. So talk to me a little bit about, did any fear come up at that time for you? If it did, how did you quiet the fear? Or did you just like fully lean into it and say, okay, fear, just sit beside me. We're going to go on this ride together. Yeah, I think you already hit on the fear element, right? So the two big fears that I deal with on a daily basis are these, and they sit on two opposite ends of the spectrum. The first fear and the one that I am most familiar with, this is the one that I was born with. I was born with the perfectionistic DNA that serves a person very well, right? It serves us so well in environments where we are relied on for the details, the processes, the plans. We're really good at projecting things over many, many years. And our intuition may not be on board with that plan. And a lot of times our intuition says, I would really prefer if you would speak something into existence, into life, in and from the beauty, in and from the weakness, in and from the fear, because that's real. And our intuition comes in and says, I would prefer that you be real over right. Mm. Because our perfectionistic mind says, oh, but if I plan it certain way, I know that I can guarantee right. And my ego and my pride prefers right. And your intuition says, nah, ma'am, no, babe. We prefer real, real over right. And then when it comes to the fear, your fear is still there, right? Your pride's still there, your fear, your fear of failure and messing things up and all the tech and all of it. But really, honestly, the fear is not just not getting it right, but letting yourself down, letting other people down, taking on more that you can handle, all of those things, fear of failure, fear of making mistakes. Those are huge. Those are huge. And I'm well acquainted with them because perfectionists, they're not perfect, right? Perfectionistic people don't avoid mistakes. We just feel really, really, really bad when it happens. And then we avoid it at all costs if we can. But the switch came when the knowledge that I had to acknowledge and honor in myself, the knowledge that I was meant for more, born for more, and I was sleeping on it. Mm -hmm. And when I say sleeping on it, I'm talking about like cryo sleep, like put me into a sleep chamber, like in the movies, you know, mm -hmm. I was in a decades long cryo sleep with my destiny, essentially with my calling. Mm -hmm. And when I finally came to the knowledge that I was in this deep, deep slumber in this sleep and that so much of who I was supposed to be created to be was not showing up in this world, the fear that I would continue on for even a month, a year, another decade, or a second blasted the fear of mistakes out of the water. So now, my prevailing fear is not living the life I was called for. And that eclipses the fear of mistakes 
it's there. I have to check it. It rises its head. But then I am so much quicker to say, we're going to let ourselves be a fool so that we can show up and serve the way we were called to serve. I noticed that you had talked about in a couple of some of the posts I saw on Instagram where you decided, I'm just going to allow myself to make mistakes. Like you said, I'm not going to say my launch date is two years from now. I'm just going to do it now. I listen to Eileen Wilder a lot. She is an amazing oh, yes. Do you know Eileen? Yes. And I love that she has that background of she and her husband Harrison were pastors before as well. So she's like, oh my gosh, I listen to her and I'm like, take me to church, honey. I let my hands go up in the air. But she talks about do it now, do it now, take action. Mm -hmm. now. And it's okay. Yes. Our other friend who's just newly released her book, Unfollow, Melissa Wiggins, yes. she talks about yeah. the messy middle and just mm -hmm. be messy and make mistakes and don't let that perfectionist take over. And the funny thing mm -hmm. is I really resonate with the perfectionistic tendencies because I'm a professional organizer. And yeah. You know, you want the labels to not be crooked and you want to make sure things look so lovely. But what I've learned over the years is I actually have used organization in order to get out of my head, in order to make the anxiety less loud. It's very noisy, the anxiety, the perfectionist voice, all of that kind of stuff. And I've found that when I am able to sort of organize things physically, it helps me then to organize things mentally. But I know that when I'm mm -hmm. that edge of perfectionist and ego and wanting things to be so perfect, I have to ask myself, wait, why am I organizing this? Whether it's for me or my clients, it's to make life easier. It's to make life simpler. So if I go in right. overcomplicating or overthinking, talk about yeah. that podcast yeah. episode I was listening to of yours recently, but yes. that overthinker comes up and it's just, it's too much. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to jump mm -hmm. in so many things that you were saying that were so good, but then I was like, no, just mm. let her go. Like all this stuff is gold. It's so good. I would now love mm -hmm. it. You talk about what I just latched onto so tightly is that one of those podcast episodes that I heard of yours a couple back. And now, by the way, you guys, I wish you could see her beautiful Christmas tree in the background. You might be seeing it on the <laughs> little clip that's going to go out. I am so excited that right now it is the holiday time, but you guys will be hearing this probably a little bit later on in January, but tell us in those episodes that I listened to a couple of weeks back, what did you mean when you said that you were only living 10% of your life? And I would love for you to bring mm -hmm. out a little bit of your dance background and that kind of thing. And like how you did some pivoting during that time, <clears throat> I don't know how you pivoted mm -hmm starting your business, making sure this vision of having a law firm mm -hmm. came to life quickly, having the podcast to support female entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm. Tell us why you think you were only for a while living 10%. Mm -hmm. There's so much to unpack there. One of the things I think as women in particular, this is not specifically a female oriented issue. I think it is a human issue. It's a cultural issue that we are culturally indoctrinated. I know that's a strong word, but we are culturally conditioned to segment ourselves throughout life, to be acceptable, to show up in a certain way in certain environments that are considered to be acceptable or not. For women, I think it demonstrates itself in a deep, deep way. And I can only speak to this 
as a woman, you know, I'd love to hear about this from a male perspective, but as a woman, and I grew up in a very conservative environment. I was a tiny little brown haired girl from rural Kansas and hip hop in the nineties. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this. I'll have to send you the episode. I have a podcast episode, one of my very first ones on the Time to Pivot podcast, and it's called Jesus yes. and Hip Hop. Jesus and ah. because I'm such a oh split. I love, that's why when I see your videos, you guys, I'm going to put yeah. in the show notes. Not only this one particular episode, I mean, you need to listen to all of our episodes, but this one particular episode that I'm talking about, about living 10% of your life, but also you guys have to go to, isn't it Beth? What's your middle initial? Beth A. A. Beth A. Stanfield. On Mm -hmm. Instagram. Beth A. Stanfield. Yeah. So that I love watching you dance. And when I see the way you dance, I'm like, oh, she (laughs) is like my 90s hip hop dancing girl. I love this so much. Okay. Please continue. Oh my gosh. That makes me me die. I'm dying because first of all, I have only made my Instagram public sometime this year, I made that decision because I made that decision with fear and trembling. Cause I don't know if y'all know this, but lawyers are not allowed to dance. They wrote that in the rules. It's yeah. one of the bar exam questions. You know, who else is not supposed to dance? Southern Baptists oh. are not supposed to. <laughs> if there was a catechism, it would be in that. I don't know what it is for Baptists. I grew up Lutheran and also evangelical. It was weird. Anyway, we know the rules right? We know the rules. So mm, you can dance, but don't put it on the Instagrams. And so part of this reckoning with the unlived life, and let me start there. I've been haunted for decades by the Stephen Pressfield quote. I think it's at the very beginning of his book, The War of Art. So, you know, should be on your shelf, y'all. It's an easy one to read, but a hard one to live. Okay. Cause it'll punch you. But this one in particular is to me the central theme of his book and a central theme of the 10%. Okay. It's the unlived life. And I will maybe mess it up, but essentially he says for every one of us, we have two lives. We have the life that we're living And then we have the unlived life within us, unlived life within us. And then between the two is resistance. The majority of his book talks about moving through the resistance, but I really focus on the unlived life. That is what I'm talking about. And as I came into adulthood and started making adulting decisions, I was aware on a deep level like deep lake reservoir under the earth level of my being that there was an unlived life. But I made safe decision, safe decision, smart decision, decision after decision. And so much of that is a part of my conditioning. So much of a part of that is a part of my DNA, my perfectionistic tendencies, picking safe and right over real. And so when it comes to dance, that's one of the earliest things I learned was not safe. Dance was not safe. I remember going to, and I won't, won't do a spoiler on this episode. You just kind of have to listen to it to see how I go through it. But I remember being very young and just dancing the way I was designed to dance. 
and it looked to my church ladies who were around as unacceptable and I was corrected and I was told girls like me don't move their bodies like that I didn't understand what they meant because to me it felt completely natural it didn't feel sexualized or anything it just felt this is the way I love moving And not only is your body designed for that, but your soul and your spirit are designed for dance. I'm so glad you added that part too, because when I hear, I'm telling you, there's something about that beat, the nineties hip hop, Mm. anything come on. It is a soul response for me. I don't know what it is, but I cannot not move my body. And I am definitely not a trained dancer. Okay. But I love dancing. I lose myself in dancing. I lose myself in music. And I'm so glad that you included that soul connection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Me too. I know. And it never died. It was just depressed, Mm -hmm. right? It was just pushed down into the reservoir. And even when I became the dance fitness captain or, you know, the drill team captain, you know, even then it was a very edited version of what I really like. Fast forward to woman (laughs) at the height of her career at a huge law firm, making more money than I've ever made, doing my dream job. And then saying, let's actually do something really, really experimental. Let's see what happens if we actually dance, if we allow our public life to reflect what we love and who we are and what gives us joy. Let's see what happens. Couple things happened. I did not see an immediate professional ramifications. I didn't see that immediately, but I am now aware that it was there. Mm -hmm. I was being judged in that environment. I was, my credibility was questioned. It was. And I only found out about that as I was leaving that environment. Had I not, I probably would not have known. I would have felt it. But you know, you know how we are as lawyers. We're not going to go with assumption. We're going to go with evidence. And in general, I'm not collecting evidence against myself. (laughs) I think that's That's kind of an energy suck. That's words to live by. Don't collect evidence negatively about yourself. Why? Why? Just don't. Generally, no. No. Because, you know, let's be honest, if we only have this one life to live, I want to spend the vast majority of it in a space where I can give my best, be my best, and give other people the benefit of the doubt. So we tend to be, as lawyers, very cynical. I refuse. Being cynical is a waste of time. The way they could be less cynical is if they just start dancing. (laughs) They could just start dancing. And my theory is that even if I lost some credibility in that environment, there's probably some women in that firm, in other firms, outside of that firm, in other corporate settings. Shoot, they could be a vet tech at your local vet hospital. Who cares? That if they saw it, they're like, well, that looks kind of fun. And she looks like she's embodying some freedom that might be cool to step into and it's worth it for that that's the reason why i do it a because it is incredible therapy dance is such a catalyst for transformation and then three 
if it invites somebody else into some freedom and joy, then you can just not take me seriously all day long because I'm going to be fine. You're going to be fine and you're going to be fun. Okay. You're going to be fun. And fun. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. That's right. I have to believe that some of those, we'll just say women, but probably some of the men too, maybe they felt that their knee-jerk reaction was to judge and was to say, oh, she can't be a serious lawyer if she's putting herself out there in this way, in this more vulnerable way. But I actually believe, especially in this day and age, for heaven's sakes, like let's get over that nonsense and what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. I think that probably mm -hmm. look at you and the choices that you are making now, especially after you made a decision. Didn't you say you read Amy Porterfield's book? To, to yes. Started, and yeah. then boom, you, yeah. you know, said, I'm giving my two weeks. Right. Order field. Mm -hmm. um, see, I told you mm -hmm. I haven't really stalked you yesterday. Uh, don't, don't mind me. <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's right here. Look, here's my, here's my post-it. This is the one that I wrote. Got off the plane, found my post-its, stuck it on the wall. I love it. And I there love you that you've launched. It's still there as kind of a reminder. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's part yes. of history now. It's part of what you did. And then whenever mm -hmm. the next time you want to take a chance, you can look back up at that post-it and be like, you know what? I was scared when I did that. And I still put a post-it up. I'm going to put another post-it of another launch date or another thing I'm going to try and just see what happens mm -hmm. and mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that probably those people that may mm -hmm. have possibly sat in judgment at that time, I would imagine that they are looking at what you're doing now and thinking I judge too harshly. And I feel like now I have permission to do that too. I think mm. you may not ever know the spark that mm. you set off. It could be a chain reaction. It could be a ripple effect and you doing you, you deciding mm. that you're going to lean into what you're being called to do. I can promise you it's inspiring me. I can promise you it's inspiring other people to take those chances in their life as well. And not just live 10% of your life. One thing I noticed right. that you were saying in that episode that I kept thinking that you would say, talk about judgment. Mm. I guess I just expected you to say, you know how people are always talking about live your best life, live your best life. You were saying- mm -hmm live your life. Like we, we were just even, live your life. We weren't even at best life, but you were just like, there was 90% of this unlived life that was that's just right. out over here or even being suppressed. Mm -hmm. That's no way to live. So talk about that. How come you never mm -hmm. said, I never heard you say in that episode, live your best life. You were just saying right. life. And PS, another thing we have in common mm -hmm. is Stephen Pressfield, I have also referenced that book on this podcast as well. Uh, it's so good. You can just pick it up and like you, like you do with the Bible when you were a kid, you just let it fall open. Then that is what you needed for the day. Yes. You can use it that way. Okay. Living your life is, it's not about living your best life. I don't have any issue necessarily with that terminology. I think it speaks a certain thing to a certain person, but I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't wrap my mind around the concept of living a best life in that sort of qualitative way. All I can really consider is the fact that I'm not living my whole life, my true life, your true life, okay? That concept of living a true life 
is like living the real. It's like your intuitive person saying, I would rather have the real than the right. So to me, that's the distinction that really just blows this concept up for me, at least. I want real over something that looks right. I want the whole rather than the best, okay? Whatever the real is may not actually qualitatively look the best. It may not look like hair's, hair done, nails did, right? Mm -hmm. But it, And it may look really messy and not real great. But if it's whole and it's real, and I'm able to say, I don't know where I'm on that continuum of zero to 100% of my life, but I know I'm moving in the direction of wholeness. To me, that means everything. It means everything. And it's very similar to another sort of common term that we hear, which again, I don't have a problem with per se, but it's like becoming a new version of yourself. I just don't like to think of myself as a version, uh, uh, Beth Stanfield 2.0. I just want to be the meest me that there is. You no, know, I want to be fully you, the you that is truly you. To me, that makes so much more sense than thinking about things in like an upgraded version. It's more of an expansion than it is a level up. Hey, quick reminder, you can now get my book in four different ways. Head over to Amazon and search up I've Got You Girlfriend. The subtitle is Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. You can find it there on e-reader. That's through the Kindle app, paperback, hardcover, and the audiobook. So if you're enjoying this podcast, I have a feeling you may love the audiobook. Again, it's called I've Got You Girlfriend. Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. Thanks so much for making it a bestseller and back to the show. This is not only important for you to be living your meest life, your youest life, but you're leaving a legacy because you have children and yeah. you're letting your children know it is okay to be the messy you, as long as you're being you and, you know, mm -hmm. you and I, we were having a chat about parenting and how yeah. two humans that are in charge of helping these kids live the way that they're supposed to, those two humans might, I don't, I don't want to say at war, we're all on the same team here, but yeah. we can have yeah. different parenting styles. And instead of that being where you're butting heads, that being at war with each mm -hmm. other, why don't you just embrace each of your parenting styles and then encourage mm -hmm. the child to mm -hmm. figure out what that means mm -hmm. for them and to, yeah. To take what mom and dad are saying and then figure out what that means to them and, and then just give them permission to live their whole selves. I have not really articulated or thought about it this way in the way we're talking about it now, but can you imagine what a gift that you would give to your children from the moment they come into your life to say, one of my biggest jobs is not just to feed you and to do all the, the parenting things, but to help you become your 100% you. Ooh, I just Whoa. Got Whoa. Yes. We Can you imagine if we did that? Yeah. And I mean, as parents, we're like focused on behavior so much of the time. Yes. Not 
filling, but what it really means is you have to really come to understand your child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's hard too, but man, can you imagine? Yeah. That's why I say that's, that's a legacy that you're leaving for them. And it, it starts with us. It starts with us figuring yeah. out who are we, are we living our hundred percent life? I think a lot about it. Yeah. Um, compartmentalizing certain parts of our yes. lives. And it's like, this whole door is closed. And it just wowed me when I started listening to this episode that you were talking about so openly and honestly, when you imagine 90% of you was tucked away in a yeah. closet somewhere and only 10% of you was showing up to do and be this person that was trying so hard to be the perfect version, version. Right, right, right. And, and was that even you? It clearly, it wasn't. That's the wake up call. And you can either meet that with grief and regret, or you can meet that with the urgency of the moment. And to say, we now see that from the age of 25, essentially two years ago or to now, I thought I was living a life. I thought I was living a full life and I was only living 10% of my life. You could be regretful of that. Or you can say, I just refuse to waste any time in regret, refuse to waste any time looking back, but we're going to reclaim all of that 90%. And we are going to move into the future with a passion and a vision and an ability to relentlessly integrate to relentlessly pursue the fullness of who you are. I love that. It's like, don't waste any time. Do it now. Act yeah. now. Take action now. And don't have all of this regret. Actually, in my book, there is mm. a chapter that talks about regret. When people say, I have no regrets, I'm like, I really regret the way that I spoke to my husband yesterday. Or I really yeah. I do wish that I could mm -hmm. change these things. But because you can't, you have to be able to move forward. So I love that yeah. you have that component of don't feel the shame and don't feel the regret mm -hmm. and all that, because what's that going to do? That's going to keep you stuck. You're not going right. to move forward. Mm -hmm. if you, obviously it's important to mm -hmm. probably do some therapy around that, probably be doing some prayer about that and figure definitely. out how to, definitely. Move, you know, mm -hmm. certainly we can be asking for help to move through that, but mm -hmm. I really do like that you added that in. And, and one thing that I really wanted you to touch on here as we're about to wrap up is, is the how mm -hmm. I will say sometimes I get stuck in the details. I get stuck in the how, and like, how do we live our 100% life? I really liked some of the things that you were talking about with our intuition. How do you live mm -hmm. 100% of your life? Mm -hmm. And you talked about cerebral living and your intuition. Mm -hmm. Can you just speak to that a little bit? I, I just really like Yeah. That. This one also, as you might imagine, has a lot to unpack, but when you have spent 20 plus years in an environment that celebrates the masculine, executive, mental processing, perfectionistic, overthinking mentality, that is celebrated and highly conditioned. And I have not operated, I have only operated in the smallest sense in, in intuition. And one of the things that I've learned in moving from the place of just thinking that my 10% was the whole deal, coming to realize that I really was only living that percentage. Okay. And of course, you know, can we, are, is this really quantitative? No, this is not math, but this is the only way I know how to express it. It's the only way I know how to express it. 
because the story that it tells is a true story that I was living such a small percentage of what I am actually called to do. The only way I knew how to break out from cerebral living, living up in my head, not ever getting into my life. I couldn't get into my life. And one of the things I knew that I was called to do was speak. In fact, at some point in time, I thought I was going to be a preacher. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And I did. I did preach a sermon at Amazing. one time and more than one time in that environment. And I really did think at, at, at one point I was called to that. But all that is to say, just speaking, this huge part of what I know that I'm called to do was the hardest thing to do. I could not get myself to speak. I could not get myself to get truth out. I couldn't do it. There was so much of a barrier there. And it's more than just the perfection. There was major resistance, major resistance. And I do think that there is an element of the massive amount of resistance that you have to something that is truly your calling, right? There's going to be like a hundred million pound boulder sitting on your chest, sitting on your throat. Some people talk about throat chakras, still don't even know what that really means. You can maybe explain it to me. I don't know what it means, but if that is a thing, then I had it. <laughs> I can't explain it to you. Okay. The fact that I just started working with Lauren Little not that long ago. I have had her on the podcast. Do you know who I'm talking about? I love her. Yes, I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. so it was so interesting because I want to jump through the screen and just hug you right now. And like, I just feel like you're my soul sister. This is amazing. So many things that you're saying resonate so deeply with me. And I'm so grateful for uh -huh. you. So again, I'm so, I'm so appreciative <laughs> for Samantha Joy. She just keeps bringing these I know. angels into my life. And I'm yes. so grateful. I do feel like mm. we attract what yeah. we're living. And the more that I feel it's like true. I'm into this, the more I feel like I'm attracting these incredible women and you are now one of them. And I'm so excited. Jamie McFadden would say that you're now a part of my village. I love that you're a part of my village. I love it. Oh, like, it, yay. village, you know, um, yes. the thing is I believe that I was a theater major in college. I believe that I was born to be on stage and speaking. Here's something wild that I haven't talked about. And I've been thinking about doing a podcast episode on it, but I wanted to make sure that I did it justice. And I did a lot more research. So it's coming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. A long time ago with my, have you heard of like the five love languages? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like certain personality traits that make you up as well, but there's also this thing where God talks about your spiritual gifts and mm -hmm. giftings that when you have decided to give your life over to God, that you uh -huh. are given this gift. So we had this Bible study and I didn't know what I was walking into, but we were going to be talking about our spiritual gifts and we were going to take this quiz. Mm -hmm. I was ill-prepared. I thought, okay, I've been a teacher, elementary school teacher for 15 years. It's probably going to be like teaching, right? Or like something like that. My number one high, highest score at the top was prophecy. And mm -hmm. I Free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, what in the yeah. world did somebody else take mm -hmm. this quiz? Like, what do you mean prophecy? And then I had this really heavy, I don't want to say burden, but I was just really, mm -hmm. I was, it was fear. I was really scared. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? And also mm -hmm. 
I don't know if I've read my Bible enough for this to be a gift. You know, you all of the world, yeah. all the human stuff. For sure. Getting mm-hmm. scared. I'm actually literally having a physical reaction as I'm telling you this. I'm shaking and I'm usually pretty, yep. pretty confident. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking all over because I believe that we don't get to choose <laughs> necessarily what gifts God gives to us in whatever way. We do get no. to choose if we're going to lean into them and mm-hmm. use them. And I believe that if he gives That's you, right. he's going to bless it. But that is so interesting to me that you're talking about speaking and how you were feeling called. Cause I feel like I've been called and there's been some sort of block. And I was doing this hypno breath work with Lauren Little. And yeah. I kept telling her when we would go into it, that my throat, I was like, oh, my throat is all clogged. And she started talking to me about it's block. It was a yeah physical reaction to the fact that mm-hmm. I was not speaking. I was not using my words. We did all this inner right. work mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff that I never thought that I would, I was like, Ooh, this is all kinds of woo woo. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> um, I joked with her first, I was like, hypno breath work. That sounds like, like voodoo magic. What are you talking about? I know. Oh, I know. I know all of that stuff. And then it just yes. makes so much sense. And so again, when I heard that episode where you were talking about living 10% of your life, I thought I would like to think that I've done enough, that I've evolved enough from what I once was of this perfectionistic, don't mess up, do and be everything people pleaser that they need. How can you serve? My name is Paige. It literally means to serve or servant. How can I do? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do and do this for all these people. You think in the many, many years ago, the page was there basically to come in and to serve. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is a lot of responsibility. And now I'm getting freaking prophecy. Like what mm-hmm. in the world? Mm-hmm. And so scared to death. And just, what am I supposed to do with that? And also I'm a girl who loves right. hip hop. Like there's a lot of inappropriate stuff in that music. And, and I'm supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? So right. all of these things that you're saying, just I appreciate them so much because I think they were swirling around in my head and mm. you put them into words. And I think you've gently mm. and kindly and respectfully called me out. Maybe you didn't know you were yeah. doing that when you recorded that episode that day. Mm. And it and it's time for me mm. to step into a hundred percent of my life. I think yes. I'm, I'm not doing that. So thank you. Now that just gave me the... But I will tell you, when you were feeling that in your body, that's evidence. That is DNA evidence right there. It really is. That's objective evidence that it's for you. And it will scare you. It Mm -hmm. will scare you. Because we're always scared of our bigness. We're always scared of our bigness. Because we never feel like we're big enough to carry it. We don't feel like we're big enough to hold it. And we really aren't. We really aren't, but you are the vessel and you can either accept it or bury it. And I do love the verse. Actually, I've been clinging to this lately and it feels very apropos at this moment that talks about if God is for you, who can be against who you? Who can be against you? Yeah. You mean, right. Amen, sister. Amen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wow. So Thank true. You. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for encouraging us to not just live a small percentage of our life. Thank you for encouraging us to lean into that intuition and to watch when you think about these things, when you talk about these things, 
are you having a physical reaction? Is something coming up? And if so, so true. it's right for you. Oh, yeah. I just, I love this so much. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode over and over again. When I'm having a day, I'm going to go back and listen to this. And I just yeah, really me too. being here. Thank you so, so much. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, I know we've hit on it a couple of times, but like, tell us how we can see you. How can we get into yeah. Can we work with you? If there are things yes. that if they need help with something, mm-hmm. what is the legal? <laughs> I was like lawyer. That's not it. If they need yes. legal advice, if they need if they need counsel mm-hmm. in that area, what are all the yeah. ways I can get in touch with you? And I'll be sure to link them in show notes. Okay, so my law firm is Lyona, and there are essentially two parts of it. The first part of it is to really provide the contracts, the documents that female entrepreneurs need to secure the foundation of their business, the type of things that you avoid, the terms and conditions, the contracts with independent contractors, all of those. I'm working on launching all of that in January. So please just stay tuned. My socials are, there are three places to find me on Instagram and you'll, I mean, I wish I could put them all together, but it makes sense to have them in a separate place. The first is just me. This is where you'll get a good little mix of some dance vids here in the in the mix. And the next time we're together, we're going to be dancing. Oh. We're going to be doing some hip hop. I'm okay, going to teach wait. you some choreo. Okay, wait, because I just had a physical reaction <laughs> to that, which means we have to do it now, right? We oh. do have to do it. The Amy Poehler quote is something like, if you can dance... And you can let yourself go and allow yourself to be embarrassed. You can rule the world. I love that. Right? So anyway, we're going we're gonna to dance. And Beth A. Stanfield is where I am on Instagram. My business, Liona Law, L-I-O-N-A Law. We will be launching this foundations package, this bundle in the beginning of the year. And then the second part of it is more of where you need a step above the foundations. You need more of an audit of your business. That's where you just want to go to the website right now and click on the let's connect button, fill out just a little bit of info. And we're going to spend an hour together for free online. And we're going to talk about your business. What do you need? What do you not need? And go from there. And then the podcast. podcast. It's on Instagram, (laughs) BS free podcast. I love that so yeah. much. Beth Stanfield, thank you so much for being on. You're today. so welcome. You are a dream. This was so, so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for really, truly inspiring me to live more of my life more authentically and listening to that intuition and trusting it. That's right. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you so much. Yep. Thank you. And I think that probably we're going to need to be talking more and more in the future. And P.S. you guys need for sure. to out for this woman's going to have a book out in the world too. And when I find mm-hmm. out what it is, and when we get down to the time where you get to get it, we're, I'm going to bring yeah. you back on and we're going to talk. About and I'm so excited about that. Are you excited about me this? too? I am. Yeah. Again, is there some resistance? Yes, there is. And I'm sure you felt it too, when you were trying to get that baby out, but it's going to happen. Absolutely. Well, get ready to have a book baby. You've already had a couple uh-huh. others. You've got some fur babies. Now it's time for a book baby. And it's going to right. And it's going to be, yep. it's going to be brilliant. And this is where we just have to set our thoughts and feelings and emotions aside because the mm-hmm. goal of it is to help other people. So as long as Amen. you, you know, yeah, that's the mission. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much, Beth. Thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. If it was helpful for you, I'd love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts hit that fifth star and write a review. Want to book me to speak at your next event or work with me one-on-one to get clarity around your gifts, how to serve others, and go from stuck and stressed to focused and fulfilled? Reach out on the contact page at everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on social at everythingwithstylemom. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. And mom boss, remember this. Your gifts are meant to be shared. Don't keep them to yourself and stay in your comfort zone. This is your time to pivot.